welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and a podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from the New South Wales Central Coast, which is Garingai land. And I'm Coach Kiwi. I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country in the Eastern Kulin Nation. And that's it. Just us two tonight. Just the two of us. <laughs> Nothing intimate. Two, just two girls getting by, supporting each other through one of the worst weeks of footy ever. <laughs> in this week's show, our round five pod for AFLW Season 7, we will talk about the two big results we may not have seen coming from round five. We'll chat about the footy festival in Melbourne this weekend just gone. We'll talk about the big month of football at Henson Park coming up and tipping. But first, we're going to review the Giants and Swans games. And in the process, we'll do an overview of the seven stages of grief and levels of pain and degrees of devastation. So how about we run through the seven stages of grief? They are shock. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance and hope, and processing grief. Kiwi, why don't we start with the Swans game and see how those relate. Well, maybe I'm still in shock and I'm lost for words. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, look, t- tough Tough weekend for all Swans fans, and it just started with the women's game. The the upside was it was a home game. We should, punt road. We should, have, we should have finished with the upside. Anyway, I'm starting the upside. Home game, punt road, but it was a sellout. Go you good things, and including um, one Swans legend, Brett Kirk was spotted amongst the crowd. Good to um, see. On the pleb side of the field, because there's one side of the field where only family and friends can sit. That is not the grandstand. And the other side of the field, out in the open conditions, cold, grassy, wet hill, is where the rest of us um, get to get to sit. But there was a big crowd lining, lined up on Punt Road, peering through the fence. With yeah. Because there's a port, there's a portion of the field if you get to see it, um, where the crowd can't stand inside the field, but outside it's near the fence of Hunt Road, and um, so they can actually stand there without getting a ticket and watch the game. Yeah, well, I know you were there, but uh, I was watching on TV, and uh, they showed that quite often. <laughs> People peering oh, through the fence. Excellent. Yeah, tell you what, there, I mean, it looked like there was a massive crowd of red and white, and I and I I really thought they had it. I thought they had it. You know, and, it it yeah they started strong. Mm. You know, they 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 really came out of the blocks, and um, it's it's good to see that Scott's willing to try some players in different roles. You know, we started with Jenna Lawson Tavern in the ruck, which we haven't really seen that much of this year at all. Mm. Um, and then parts of the game, he gave Sophia Hurley a role through the inside midfield, and and she's a gun little inside midfielder. And when she played in the NAB League. That was where she was getting her, her, you know, huge disposal count, and able to have an impact. And um, she didn't get she didn't get a lot of game time in that role, and didn't get her hands on the ball a huge amount. But when she did, she was always looking to set stuff up. And I think you know they'll go back and look at that tape and look at players like her, and certainly she'll get more time in there. Um, I think Montana Ham looked like she had a bit of a knock early on and maybe they put her across half back to 
look after her for a little bit before they threw her back in the middle. But I think the two of them coming through, um, I have to say I was there in time because there's a bit of a footy festival we'll touch on shortly, in time to see something that brought a tear to my eye. Maddie Did that Collier, have anything to do with Mad Dog Collier? Mad Dog Collier <laughs> led the team out onto the field and yeah. – um, I've, you know, I have known Maddie about 13, 14 and just seeing her throughout her football career grow as, as not just a player, but just as an absolute leader. And, um, I'm certain her mum was on the other side of the field crying as well. And I know her sister Jameson was there in the crowd. Um, it's, you know, to know what Maddie's gone through and she's come back from injury and let the team out and so close to getting a victory for them. But, you know, I think she she was absolutely strong on the field and um, as, a, as a captain, as a leader, you know, I thought she really tried to get the troops up and about. She put her head over the ball. She won some hardball gets. Um, she had an impact in her first yeah, game I, back. Yeah, there was one point at which I saw two swans collide and I thought, hey, was that? And it Maddie. was Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There, I think she did Going a hard times. for the ball. Yep. See ball, get ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, they did. We, Swans are 26 up at, at the first at the end of the first quarter. And um, I think I think the whole point of it was you just never knew if they were going to maintain it because they've had some strong starts. And you just know from the way Bit Goddard coaches, her team are not going to sit back and give in. They were always going to come back tougher and fighty. And I did see on the big screen, they did show, without the audio, they did show um, Beck's body language talking to a team at quarter, that quarter break. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it or heard it. Well, I, it's, almost, it's almost like it's become an extra uh, member of, the commentary team or, or a meme in itself, the big spray that Beck Goddard gave. Everyone was talking about it for the rest of the game um, in the commentary. So I got a little bit tired of hearing about it, to be honest. But, uh, uh, yes, she did give give a big spray and, and they responded. And uh, she was interviewed at the end and said, you know, you, you save those for specific times and, 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 you know, it was needed and they did respond. But I suppose in, um, in terms of coaching, they... At the end of the first quarter, I think it was, um, they played a little um, segment, an interview with her where she was talking about her coaching style. And I think she's been a coach in this um, league for long enough that opposition um, uh, analysis, including the coaching, would it would it would not be um, news to to anyone um what, what her coaching style is and she said she wants to be offensive not just in terms of being aggressive but she wanted to offend the opposition and so <laughs> you didn't have to see that interview to know that that's how Beck got our coaches now what that means is that there's there and there was a lot of off-ball stuff can you confirm for me because you were there so obviously not all of it is shown on the tv screen but if a team lowers themselves to have a lot of off-ball niggles. There's niggles and then there's stuff that's a little bit beyond a niggle. That tells me that they know they've got to use they've got to use methods other than their skills. Would that be fair to say, Coach Kiwi? <laughs> um, I'm just saying because I was really disappointed. Yeah. The Swans lowered themselves. They they um, retaliated and they were punished every single time, and that was so disappointing. Discipline includes not retaliating 
when uh, when someone, you know, has a go at you, whether it's verbal or physical. Yeah, well, exactly that. And I think you, <clears throat> there are some some players across the league who have quite a clever knack at getting into other players' heads. And especially if you're a defender, you try to do that to your opponents. You can get, you know, a bit of the upper hand and throw them off their game a little bit. Um, there are some teams that become more more physical in their presence on the field and and probably the way Bex coached your teams. And that's why the Crows won the season. She admitted that, that that's what she said, that they weren't able to match the skills. Um, so their whole thing was to get out there and be um, much more physical and have higher tackle pressure. And, 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 and I think that was her, that was particularly, Particularly against Melbourne, wasn't it? They they just. Well, I think they just did that for the whole season one. That was just oh, okay, their, right. their motto through season one, mm. and and you know there was there was stuff off the ball in the Swans Hawks game um, that you won't see on the camera because I know that they only follow the ball. But at one end of the field with the camera, I think they were actually setting up for a centre bounce, and um, Woodward and um, Cunningham were in quite a wrestle match in mm. the, in the goal square. Which, does happen. It's it's uh, it's a part of the game. I don't really like when the ball's way down the end, but they were having quite a wrestle. And at but one did point, that result in the free kick from the centre uh, uh, square? Not that time. That, this is in the first, another time. This is oh, in the first time. quarter. But this is in the first quarter. Cunningham actually ended up putting um um putting her in a headlock, pretty much for 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 a couple of seconds. Um, um but yeah, it's it's you just you just know anyway. When a team is down by a few goals in a game where they also hope and expect to win, that they're going to come out and be more pres- more physical. Yeah. Um, and and so you got to expect, that and you got to expect whether it's verbal, whether it's physical, that they're going to come out and they're really going to try and get at you. And I think the Swans just got a little bit sucked into that, and and so they did lose some discipline. And obviously that wrestling carried on. You know, in the second quarter, yep. and Swans were pinged for it, and then there was some other ill discipline, and there were a few fifties given away, and yeah, um, and it, you know, the, that kind of stuff continued through the game. Um, right at the very end, I don't think you see it on camera at all, but there was quite a bit going on after the final siren. Oh, they did show that. Yep, they did. Yeah. It's, after the siren, so yeah, after, so, you know, there's no more <laughs> impacts can be made on this game, and they were still at each other. Yeah, it was um, uh, it, look it was pretty disappointing to see to be honest. Um but um well both uh, teams we are just to... absolutely desperate for a win. So yeah, yeah, throw everything at it. <clears throat> um also for the Hawks like I think for them they've had a really emotional tough week. They you know, obviously the news that came out around um what's happened to some of their indigenous players in the past in the men's program yep. that will filter across in the women's program yeah um and so they made a point of showing their solidarity towards indigenous players and they wore the indigenous guernseys uh, for the match which i think i think they i think they look smart in that guernsey i think they should wear it all the time anyway I don't, mm. it's not going to clash with anyone but yeah um, i mean i suppose the thing is it's it's about so much more than jumpers however it was a very effective way for the women's team to 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 make a statement, and they did. Absolutely, and and they got the four points out of it. So and they I got think the four points. The, I think the victory goes beyond just that team getting the four points. I think you know they've made this statement and they're bold and um, and for the Swans, you know, looking forward now, it's going to be hard to get get a win this season. You know, they've really um, got some tough games coming up. Yeah, and um, you know. There, there are certain players who played some really big parts in that game. 
and you know we can't can't go past mention um, Brooke getting three goals but when you yep. two a lot of that was she was on the outside and we put the ball over that way and went forward and we were quick in that um, and then you know for some reason after that first break or each time we started rotations it looked like no one knew who was supposed to be on the wing because at the centre bounce there were players shuffling around because they didn't know who was out in the wing and so it just opened up space for a, a cash to run and then she drove the ball forward. Didn't she, she have did a great time game? And time yeah, and time yeah, again. yeah. So look, I, I think we've we've already covered shock, denial, and anger. Um, <laughs> so I think we're talking about bargaining now. If someone had actually been on a catch, <laughs> yes, if they had a better setup, whether <laughs> that communication from the box down, who's the rotation, who's the wing, just some communicate, just talk to each other, or just say, hey, catch, come on, you've done four runs, have a have a rest now, have a rest now, something. something. <laughs> I mean, you know, full credit to her for taking those opportunities. Um, but it, after the first one, there should have been uh, a, a different approach by the Swans to to stop. Absolutely, because the like other that. wing matchup um, was superb, <coughs> but they just um, left that wing too open. Uh, okay, shall we? Shall we talk about uh, Giants now, who who have just been completely decimated by yeah. the crows um so rather than going through the, <laughs> the, the seven, uh, stages. seven stages um just let's one just let's just talk about degrees of devastation <laughs> and levels of pain on a scale of one to ten uh 11 um degrees yeah. of devastation look at yeah. it's really it is really Six degrees hard. of devastation <laughs> i just as we go through our degrees of devastation um Let's talk about a couple of good things. So Let's. they they there there was the midfield. Now saying that that they 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 were winning they were they won quite a chunk of clearances, and this is against the Crows midfield was Marinoff, Hatchard, and Randall. Like I don't know if you can get a bigger, more experienced premiership winning I don't know amazing athletes in your midfield as those three players and and they did do well they did extremely well and on the good foot um but you know we competed there as well there's plenty to polish around that area but I'm just going to read some names and if these were in a team tell me what you think Rebecca Beeson Pepper Randall Cassie Simons, Chloe Dalton, Tate Mackerel, Jess Allen, and Isabel Huntington. And what do all those people have in common, Kiwi? They're all on the Giants list and out for the season. Yeah. So that is that is some real quality players. Who would have had a huge impact. Who could have, yeah, bolstered the Giants side. So, so not all is lost. Um, you know, I think the Giants will regroup after that. Um, Crows have had a couple of rough games a season so they would have mm. been looking to really set themselves up now towards you know playing getting back to playing their clean football which you know that real structured style that crows play and you know they've been bumped off playing that in a couple of games already this year so so they would have been going out really hard they're at their home field it was quite wet underfoot um as well and some of them made that ball look dry is 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 hard and I think for some of the giants that are in there playing 
they just look like they're still um, not quite as sharp with their decision making. You know, we won Queen of War, but we just look like we're just willing to bomb it all the time instead of actually have a bit of composure and. Um, yep. Um, <clears throat> and and hit up hit up hit up players. You know, just their efficiency, which I think is also a trait of the swans creeping in. They're just quickly shoving on the boot rather than having a bit of composure and setting players up. So here's to polishing performance. Yes. That sounds like uh, processing grief. <laughs> All right, let's chat about the footy festival in Melbourne this weekend. Just go Yeah, on. look, it was, um, it was exciting. I can tell you um, how, how they – AFL has set up the weekend because obviously we had Thursday and the games already pre-planned, so they got bumped early because of um, the day off everyone was given. But in Melbourne, Friday is the day off before the AFL um, men's grand final. So what we had, first thing in the morning, you just head down a punt road oval. Bulldogs took on North. Really good quality game. Another lockout that one was or sellout. That one finished, you had about half a stroll across the road to uh, where Collingwood trained, which is now called the AIA Centre, formerly mm. the 1956 mm. Olympic Park for the um, running track. Yep. Then you run – then after that game, you head back across – the, and that was Pies versus Bombers. Um, head back across the road and you've got Swans Hawks game that you had to have the ticket for because that sold out mm. hours earlier. And then um, I think you had about 40 minutes – then travel to Icon Park to catch the Blues Demons game. So four games around that quadrant, and the first one started after the grand final parade, and you could have popped through. There's a footy festival in Yarra Park. So I thought they did really well, and credit to the Swans social media. Everything they talked about, the Swans men team, they're going to be here for this appearance. They're going to be here for this grand final, and at 5.10, get to this field to see the AFLW game, and then Saturday's this, Sunday's this. So well promoted and well included the um, women's in their in their. Um, plans I thought was really well yeah. done but superb and there was a there was a bunch of us that I saw crossing between the roads and um crossing the fields between the games so there were a whole bunch of footy fans and this dear AFL this is your fan base we're not stuck to watching just our club play we want to see more women's games and we will go to more women's games and if it's ten dollars a ticket that cost me what forty bucks that day, I'm fine with that. And I've actually yeah. a member of some clubs, so do it again. Remember. Do it again, yeah. please. I'd rather do yeah. that than go and watch um a women's game than a men's game. Mm. Um so so yeah. that's a feedback and clearly, Big win. Yeah. There was a bunch that did that. And and it rained on us and it didn't stop us. There was a big crowd at the Collingwood game, big crowd at the others. Um so the weather does not impact what the fans want to see. Yeah, great. Love the footy festival. So, look, uh, Sydney's going to bring its own footy festival. Uh, there's a big month of football at Henson Park coming up. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Look, it starts this weekend on uh, Saturday, well, yes, Saturday afternoon. Henson Park's every weekend in October or four weeks of October is games, AFW games at Henson Park. So the first one, Giants, it's their home match. They're going to take on Carlton. So um, both teams coming off pretty pretty wrong side of uh, the scoreline this weekend. Uh, so it, it'll be a good game for both teams to really get back playing their structure, um, get some confidence back in their football. So that's 12-10 at Henson Park is where that one is. And then the following week, 
110 also on the Saturday will be the Swans home game. But um, Henson Park, I said this earlier this year, get down in numbers. Let's get a lockout. If it's not this first week, the second week, but I don't know, grab a friend, get along, sit on the hill. Um, what's the weather like? It doesn't matter, Sydney. We've had three, what, three one and 100 year floods in the last 18 months. So we're used to the rain. So take your umbrella. Nothing take, should keep you away. Take a, um, take a tarp to sit on and just get to Henson Park. Um, or get there early and sit in the King George the Fourth grandstand. So it is King George the Fourth? Um, yes. Grandstand. Um, or fifth. And, Probably the fifth. Um, but this this is a cracking game, and let's hope for no thunder and lightning, as we've seen previous times that Carlton have um, come to Sydney to play the Giants. There's been the thunderstorms, so um, let's hope it's a little bit earlier in the day, not not the twilight matches. So let's hope we've uh, dodged that bullet. Just bring a brolly. <laughs> well, with a rubber top. <laughs> Just to be, just to be sure, to be sure. Be make sure you're wearing rubber boots as rubber well. Rubber shoes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think I think then... people get down, find Fee in the crowd, and she'll give you a coat hanger t-shirt. There you go. I will. That's a firm commitment effort. from me. There you go. Yes. <laughs> make an effort. Hunt for the boss. She's got a t-shirt for you. That's that's me, is it? I'm the boss. I like the sound. And of not that. you, Natty P, because you already got one. That's right. <laughs> Let's talk tipping. I think there's a bit of an well because of those um, two upsets. It's there's been a bit of a bit of a bit of news from the tipping comp. Is that correct? Well, yeah, a couple of big upsets. I don't know that many people would have picked Geelong to beat the Saints, and that was actually a record-breaking um, score for the Cats. Mm. Mm. Um, and they just came out from the blocks. Incredible, incredible. Um, Saints had no answer. And then the other one was obviously um, what the Crows did to the Giants. But are we in denial now? We don't talk about that one. So tipping-wise, we had 16 people who tipped eight out of nine right. I will mention a couple. Is is our old friend Troy. um, Crash Thompson. Crash Thompson. um, he, He was one, but he's now third on the ladder for doing so. Tim M, uh, as a Swan supporter, may be devastated from this weekend, but he tipped – he's sitting number one at the moment. Um, he tipped eight or nine. But I will mention Loz's mum again. She has tipped eight out of nine this weekend. <laughs> Loz? <laughs> she's um, she's sitting in 20th spot. Now, I'll celebrate us. Loz, what are you doing? You're in 65th spot. We've only got 69 tippers. You're in 65th spot. Your mum's oh, beating you. Um, mm. Fee, you're going all right. You've gone up a bit. You're in 45th. Mm. Rock on Kiwi here. I'm up to 13th. <coughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's better than uh, before. Yeah. So, yeah. Well so, I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I can hold on to that because, well, yeah, I didn't do too bad. But, yeah, that's the tippers for now. Yep. Well, look, I thought that um, – I thought that most most people thought St Kilda were going to beat Geelong, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think the, Sw- the Saints have played some really good football um, this season and, you know, they were looking really positive. Um, but what I like about Geelong is is they, they've, they've got some good young players, good young midfielders, you know, Amy McDonald, Georgia Prasparkis, Nina Morrison, really good players, you know, 
that will grow and hopefully they get to stick together. So they're starting to send the ball forward, but their problem had always been scoring. And this game just showed they can score goals. Um, Chloe Shear was just incredible. One of them that she got from the boundary, just an incredible shot. Um, but, you know, she's a fantastic addition to this team. Yeah. And then the strength across the back line with Meg Mack and um, and Kajaka, like just, you know, incredible defence. So it forced um, Kate Sheila, who's done a lot of goal kicking for Saints, they, it forced her to go into the back line for a while. So, um, and it still didn't work, sorry. But it's, you know, Geelong were just hot cats, hot cats. Yeah. And, and look, you know, I know that we said two big upsets, but what about um, Gold Coast beating Port? Yeah, that was a solid. That was a solid result for Gold Coast. I think the yeah, game started well very slow, and there wasn't much um, in the score at half time. But then they just brought it home really, really well. But the other one, probably no one saw coming, is Tigers beat the Lions. Um, yeah. And and you know this is this is something I, we saw the Tigers really compete against the Crows, and and it was only the Crows' experience late in the game that came back and kicked the goals to get them the win. Um, but this time round, Tigers just held out. And gee whiz, Isla Sharon, former Newtown Breakaway, she was phenomenal, just absolutely. And if you look at the stats for the Tigers, their backline got the most disposals. And so it just shows how solid they are and how involved they are in the game and they just keep repelling the ball. Maddie Shevlin, who's um, from Canberra, um, and there's one other. Gabby Seymour. Oh, have a look at the highlights of Dakota Davidson. Got the free kick right near the goal line. Everyone thought, she was going to obviously go back and take a set shot. Yep. Gabby Seymour standing there as the third other defender took her mouth guard out of her mouth, as some people do, then saw Dakota start to play on and dived for the smother with mouth guard in hand. Oh, jeez, like, I didn't know that detail. Incredible. I knew Dakota, yeah, surprised everyone by deciding to play on. Yeah. And then, uh, and then and beautiful so, smother. Beautiful But no, smother. I had no idea about so that detail. Did, didn't yeah. even get one, didn't even get a point from it. Um, the yeah. smother was just incredible. And that's just Gabby Seymour. She's just able to create um, some incredible, incredible moments um, in the game. And that was certainly one of them. Um, they weren't without chances to win the game, Brisbane. Um, you know, that's obviously one of them. I think they had a couple of other set shots that just sprayed wide. There was another one that got a free kick and they played on. So I think what it did was it just forced Brisbane to play a bit of catch-up football, which they won't know how to do. And they didn't know how to do. They just started to panic a little bit. And, um, you know, I think, you know, let's give Richmond some credit there that um, – yeah, they did really well. Um, Megan Keeley is Kylie. Megan Kylie is another one who played on the wing. Is also from Sydney, so we give a shout out to all the Sydney girls um, down there. Um, but you know, Mon Conti, if you looked at the speed of that girl through the midfield, she's just an incredible player. Um, I was really happy for her. I've you know, watched her disappointment <laughs> over the a couple of years. Um, when Richmond didn't do as well as uh, as I think we'd hoped. So it was great to see that smile on her face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and all their faces. 
you know, yeah. and I think that's what we said at the beginning of the year that this is a team that you just don't take too lightly anymore. You know, they've got a really good list this year, mm-hmm. and um, and that was before we really saw the power of Isla Sharon too. I think she's just um, that's going to be five weeks in a row she'll be in team of the team of the week. Incredible for someone in their first year of playing AFLW. Great. Okay, this has been round five part of the Coat Hanger for AFL Season 7. Uh, be sure to catch us on our socials. We're at Coat Hanger Footy on all of them. And uh, as always, for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to the Coat Hanger.